What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. With us this week, we are joined by the Allegheny Origin guys. We have Sebastian and Justin come through the studio with some great stories and some great experiences. I really like what they're doing over at the Allegheny Origins page. I really suggest that you guys go give them a follow on all social media platforms and go over to their YouTube channel and check out some of the really cool content that they have. In this episode, we're going to talk about a little hunting. We're going to talk about mountain biking. We're going to talk about whitewater rafting. And what a different, crazy, cool episode this is. And it's it's got this feel that I, I really like because it, it's really what the show is is trying to present to everybody that Pennsylvania and the surrounding states, we have a lot of great shit for you to do. So it don't be that guy and don't be that girl that, hey, we don't have nothing to do in this area. These guys can show you a lot of the things that, that you may be looking to do or maybe not even know that are popular. So with that being said, please don't be afraid to reach out to me or them over at Allegheny Origins, if you guys have any questions, I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Keystone Chronicles podcast. I've been after these two guys for a while, and uh, I finally got the time for us all to sit down and get together. So I'm here with Sebastian and Justin of Allegheny Origins. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing pretty good, man. Good, man. Good. How are you good. doing? I'm great, man. Uh, I'm really happy to have you guys come through tonight. We're really going to enjoy this conversation. Um, hopefully we agree on everything. If we don't, then it makes for even better conversation. So yeah, sure. with that being said, um, why don't you guys give me an introduction, man? Uh, let's do the Allegheny Origin guys, and then uh, we'll get into what the Allegheny Origins is. Yeah, buddy. Uh, my name's Sebastian Kissel, 30 years old. Married for about two years now. Just had my first son back in August. So new dad, new parent life, adjusting to that. Um, it's been a whirlwind, but it's been a great blessing. I love him to death. Love my wife. She's a great mother. But um, my biggest adjustment with having a child is like free time, which I used to have. So kind of playing that back and forth, but she's still like, like I said, an amazing wife and amazing mother. So I get to do the things I love to do outside. Uh, grew up hunting, started when I was probably, I think you had to be 12 back when we started. So I did that with my parents, my dad, mostly, and my uncles. I do have a younger brother, so hunted with him a lot and, uh, fishing, not as much, mostly whitetail hunting. Um, more now getting into hunting different animals as well. Went to Colorado, did elk. Um, we've been, been getting more into turkey lately, fishing. And then also, like like we talked earlier, like big into mountain biking now, snowboarding. Anything outdoors here in the areas. I love it, man. I love being outside. My wife loves being outside, so I hope to raise my son. I love to be outside, man. That's awesome. Justin Hazel here. Um 32 years old, been in the outdoors, I mean, 25 plus years since my mom was kicking me out to go ride my bike or go into the woods and play, you know, throwing rocks at the trees. I, I do not hunt. I'm one of the only members of Allegheny Origins that doesn't, um, just wasn't raised. Uh, my dad didn't do it. So 
I never picked it up. Maybe in the future, these guys will get me out in the woods. We've been talking about it, picking up fishing this year. Uh, something I used to do in my earlier age, but kind of grown out of it. Um, BMX when I was younger, that's where the mountain bike uh, love came into play. Really been hiking, snowboarding, like Sebastian mentioned, and just trying to enjoy the area here. Just enjoying all the fun stuff that Cambria County and Western PA has to offer. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one thing that we're definitely going to get into, you know, I, this area that we live into, and it just so happens that you guys live, you know, not too far and right down the road from me. We got it all, you know, uh, like you were saying at the beginning there, um, people like to say, hey, we don't have nothing to do here. Well, there's a lot of us that can challenge that, right? Yeah. Um, and with that being said, let's get right into, you know, what the what the mission and uh, what the reason the Allegheny Origins was brought about and how it got its members. Sure. I'll start. I, um, I brought it to Sebastian and our other partners, Josh, Brandon, and my brother, Rick, um, almost a year ago to the day. I think I was just watching videos on YouTube and saw some creators that were doing things that I figured we could do. We all had, you know, always been outside biking, whitewater, um, everything that we had mentioned. And we figured between the five of us, we can consistently get content, um, which we've, I think we put out a video a week up until about a month ago. Um, we slowed down a little bit, but that's how it started. Just thinking the one day brought it to these guys, they were all in on it. We bought GoPros and cameras and what well, we were out, you know, two weeks later doing a hike. Yeah, I was going to say, we started filming pretty much, I think the beginning of turkey season last year. And we started our YouTube channel in July because we kind of wanted to have a little bit of backlog of content to post. But we're not really doing anything new. It's like it's stuff we've all done growing up. So the hunting, fishing, biking, just being outside is what we've all done. And we'd all kind of like discuss like we could showcase what's available here right now for people to do. Like everyone's always talking about you got to leave. You got to go to a different state or move to the city to get to do stuff. Now we're talking about doing stuff outdoors. So if you don't like the outdoors, I'm sorry, but try it. You never know. You might like it. That's why we're doing this. So we're going to show people this is available. Maybe go try it. Hit this trail. Go fish this river. Go hunt this animal. We'll try, we'll try to give you tips. Now we're not experts in any of these subjects. I wouldn't say I'm an expert in hunting or anything, but I'm going to try to help you get better at this or show you what you can do in the area yep and spread the word i mean um the amount of feedback we've gotten from family members friends that oh i didn't know that trail was there where was that trail at oh it's only you know 20 minutes away a great hike or um i didn't know you could kayak that river or that there was all this biking around here so um positive reception so far like sebastian said um things that we were already doing but also as we were striving to get content, like, oh, I never hiked this trail. I'm going to go do that trail because I go ride, I go ride race down bike trails all the time. I'm going to go ride my bike somewhere else just because we have it. We have a lot around here. So, yeah, you, you guys are really at the point where, you know, if you're not bringing value to somebody else, then it probably doesn't feel as good, right? Um, when you're doing stuff without kind of holding people's hands and showing them and teaching them, like, hey, 
this might not be the way to do it, but there there are ways that I can show you how to introduce yourself into this, whether it be the the, the mountain biking, um, the hunting, the fishing, uh, kayaking, you know, water sports of any kind. And I think sometimes what it takes is for somebody just to reach out a hand and say, hey, you know, I know you're afraid, but just follow me and I can I can get you started. And fortunately, you guys are really the epitome of what this show is, and that is to bring value of this nature, the outdoors, to its listeners. So with that being said, let's uh, let's talk about your hunting season this year, and then we'll move on to some of the mountain bike trails and uh, some of the waterways that we can kayak in the central Pennsylvania uh, location. Sounds good, man. Yeah, hunting this year was actually pretty crazy for myself. I don't know if you watched any of our videos on YouTube yet, but I actually had the biggest buck of my hunting career, Duck My Arrow. I don't know if you saw that video specifically, <laughs> but yeah, he dropped a good six to seven inches, I'd say. But I mean, there could have definitely could have been some target panic that in that, but I ended up getting a doe with a rifle on the first day, uh, Brandon. He's another member in the group. He got a buck and a doe the first day of rifle season. And then Josh Hampton, he's another member of the group. He ended up getting a doe during archery. So it was a pretty good season overall. Definitely got some meat in the freezer. Um, like I said, had that very unfortunate event happen, but that's hunting. And we talked about that specific hunt a lot, like if we were going to make a video of it because it wasn't a success story. And we didn't have any, like – whitetail hunting videos on our youtube channel yet like this is the first hunting this is the first whitetail hunting video we posted on our channel so it kind of was like should we post it because technically i wounded that animal right. to an extent but uh we discussed it as a group mostly like me brandon and josh because they're the other hunters in the group but kind of talked about it josh was filming that hunt so he was there firsthand live emotions were all like you know how it goes but decided to post that video and we actually had a lot of good feedback from like the people that watched it talking about like how like that's real that's hunting like it's not always 100% success rate and like it does suck that that animal was wounded but he did live there we have proof that he lived he was on a, a camera on a neighboring property but then he did end up getting killed on two properties over by another archery hunter like the last week of archery season so mm -hmm. Like hunting seasons, it was wild. It was, it's fun. I always love hunting. Didn't get to hunt as much this year like I talked about earlier, but still getting after it. We did small game hunting. I haven't done that since I was maybe in high school. And we wanted to get out to showcase that. Me and Brandon went out and did some squirrel hunting and had a good time. It was like going back to like you're 12, 15 years old, just having a good time with the 22. Hell yeah. So it was good. And then we have yeah. a turkey season coming up here, man excited about that got things coming hopefully hopefully we have a good successful season yeah it's it's really great and um the companionship that comes with uh hunting fishing um anything that you really do outdoors you know it's it's really impressive um how well you can relate to each other as as a group of guys whenever you're doing this kind of stuff and it just goes to show how much emotion really <laughs> comes into this kind of thing you know you shoot a deer especially with your cameraman you didn't shoot it alone right it's like, hey, we we yeah. shot that deer. You know, yeah. we both put in the time, we put in the work, and you might have pulled the trigger on the bow or the gun per se, but I'm back here pulling the trigger on the lens. 
And that, yep. that's one thing I think that's really good. Um, or even if you hunt alone, you know, I prefer to hunt alone. Uh, I still go everywhere with my dad and my brother for the most part when we travel hunt or, uh, you know, I hit a deer or they hit a deer and we, we're going to retrieve that animal or that game yep. together. But when, when it comes to sitting in a tree stand or on the ground or whatever the game is, you know, I, I prefer to be alone cause I like to just be at peace with myself and, and, you know, deal with emotions and things in my mind. So, um, you were saying about small game hunting, man, that is one thing that like, I, I have a big push on. It's something I really believe in that is, is a lost art and it's something we're really losing, but it's, it's kind of a shame. I'm, I'm cool with the crossbows. Like I don't have this gripe. Like some guys have like cross gun, all that stuff. Now, if it's legal, yeah. like I think you should be able to use it and whether it's advanced, you know, it has, you know, anything advantageous over a compound or a recurve, whatever that that's nothing I really care about. But the thing is, I feel that with that, what happens is your archers and your youth are getting into archery like right away. Whereas yeah. I, I know I, I was able to shoot at a deer. I think I was 14 when I missed my first deer with a bow, 14 or 15. And it was a big nine point. I shot right under it, man. It was like 22 yeah. yards, but I was only shooting like 40 pounds, you know? Yeah. And I, and I remember to this day, you know, just because I have night tremors about it, like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> it's one Never of the things, it. <laughs> right, it sticks with you, man. It's like a nightmare on Elm Street. Every time it gets brought up, I'll probably have night tremors tonight over it. But um, it's it, it kind of takes away from the way that I was introduced and probably the way you were introduced to the outdoors, like you were saying, like back to your high school days. That makes sense, because when I think of small game, I think of, of the youth seasons you know, with my dad and my pap and my uncles and such, where we're going out squirrel hunting, we're going out rabbit hunting. And now, um, luckily, uh, my brother's group of friends has really kind of went full circle with that, where they have like a get together day where, you know, who these teams of guys are going to go and, and uh, hunt crows and uh, nice. rabbits and stuff like that. And, and there's a little prize or whatever, but basically it's a bragging rights type thing, you know. Yep. And it's really good though. So the second season I've tried to dedicate more time to the rabbit hunting. I grew up and I raised a rabbit dog and had a rabbit dog before that. And uh, what ended up happening to me was I, it wasn't, I wasn't given the dog enough time because of archery season. Yep. You know, it was kind of unfair Saturday. She's seeing me going out, leaving in the morning and like, Hey, what are you doing? You know, it's Saturday. It's, it's, it's uh rabbit season and I want to go hunting while I'm going deer hunting. And yeah, you know, so <laughs> I, I understand fully. Um, but even one thing I brought up, you know, I know that some guys are against the deer hunting on Sunday and I get it to each is their own man. Just like some guys don't really like the Saturday opener because they were raised with the deer camps on Monday and yep. spending the whole weekend, you know, watching their uncle get drunk and dad get yep. drunk or <laughs> pap telling stories and all that stuff. And I get it. You know, I didn't grow up with the, with the deer camp, but I do know, you know, we had, we had like the, everybody go shoot your gun on Saturday or whatever, make sure everything's right and all that. And, um, but it's just change, you know? Uh, but one thing I thought of was maybe everybody could agree on just small game only on Sunday, you know, I feel like that would help a lot of hunters maybe get back into it too. As much as I would like to see the deer hunting on Sunday, yeah, maybe, you know, that's something that we can come together and agree upon, but, um, it's, it's just, it's just a topic to throw out there, but, uh, with that being said, let's segue into some of the streams or the rivers that you guys are kayaking on. 
or some of the mountain bike trails or even road bike trails that uh, that you guys are using. Yeah, man. Um, just just in our area, I'm constantly following um, Lorba, the Laurel Highlands on and off road biking association. They're doing all kinds of work up. I think they just did a new trail up at Blue Knob State Park side. Um, the UPJ Pittsburgh at Johnstown campus. They're putting mountain bike trails in up there. Um, not, not just them. There's people doing work on the inclined plane, uh, hillside, downhill bike trails, Damn. ride the inclined plane up. We Mahoning Dam out, out that way, race town. There's, there's a lot within like an hour of where we are, not to mention Pittsburgh area has a ton. You get down towards Ohio Powell. Um, it's all here. It seems to be relatively new. Um, I think the race town trails, got started less than 10 years ago. And to me, there's been some kind of biking boom or outdoor rec boom. I think I know, I know COVID the pandemic certainly propelled that yeah. everybody's trying to get outside for sure. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot here. My favorite is race town. It's about an hour away. Um, I'm out there constantly just talking to people in the parking lot and they're amazed at how close I am to that. And like, I'm talking people from Michigan, New York, New Jersey, um, six hours away. People are coming to Racetown to ride those trails. Depending on who you talk to, rated as like top three trail system in the state. And it's it's right there. I mean, I know a ton of people that go boating at Racetown. So grab a bike and uh, hit up the trails and see what's going on up that way. Yeah, I'm glad that you were able to promote that stuff because I agree with you. It's really gaining popularity in our area. I see a lot more bike racks. I know our local uh, uh, shop, shout out to them. I know some of the guys that own that place, Spokes and Skis. Um, yes. They do a really good job in getting people in the right direction and getting them on uh, the right platform to use. Um, yeah, just I just even... hosted a Blue Knob mountain bike race up at Blue Knob Ski Resort this year. Brandon actually racing and it was a pretty good time. Nice, nice. Yeah, that area is beautiful too. Um, yeah, they they do a great job with a lot of the stuff that goes on in this area. And like you were saying, the Raystown trails, yeah, they're they're par none, man. I know um, real close to my area, there's a reclaim uh, reclaim mine area that the Altoona Water Authority got a hold of, and they're supposed to open a trail, and they may have already done it. And I'm not positive, but like, um. It goes by like the big Murph area. Some, some of like the local people around me will know what I'm talking about, but, um, mm -hmm. they did a, uh, like a, a bike trail system back there, um, which would be like back in behind the horseshoe curve area. Yep. Um, I know, I know spokes and skis guys, they, they, they ride that. I don't know if they're helping create those. That's one system we haven't gone to hit yet, but, uh, looking to get to the horseshoe curve to ride those bike trails that's relatively new as well. So yeah, um, it's like, popping up everywhere. Like I said, I'm, I'm not sure if it's open yet or, you know, if it's, if it's going to be open like very soon, but I know that I do see a lot of guys parking on that road and uh, there's a lot of bike racks on there. So I'm assuming that, uh, that are either in use or um, maybe there's even some other trails in there that I don't know about that the water authority has. Um, sure. Yeah, they definitely got some some of those running in the in you know that's just the mountain bike trails in the area. Um, you know, if you're if you're from here and listening, 
Everybody's heard of the Ghost Town Trail in Evansburg. They've been building expansions off of that up towards Loretto, I think, is one that's, I think they're building right now. They, they build a connector out Nanny Glow Way. Um, there's, there's a lot of that, the rail trail, which I, I think that's, that's huge as well. I mean, you got to like Mineral Point and ride that Staple Bend Tunnel rail trail. Um, there's, there's so many people on that, you know, on a Saturday. It's here. Uh, you just gotta, just gotta go find it, go do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it brings it right back to what we were saying, you know, that the people that are complaining that there's nothing to do are the same people that are going to probably go to the bar Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I hate to Absolutely. say it like that because like, I don't mind going to the bar. Like I'm, I'm all in for a good time and I like, you know, to have a beer here and there and stuff too. But you know, if you're not going to wake up until noon the next day and you're hungover and you feel like shit, like you're probably not going to want to go mountain biking or kayaking or go shed hunting um, you know, six miles in Especially the woods. When you get older. Right, right, exactly, exactly. You used to be able to do those things like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, we did right. that when we were in our 20s. <laughs> yep, yep. Hound like with the wolves and then, and then up with the birds, right? Real. It's a different world now, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Turn pick it. and choose what you want to do, you know? Yeah, so right. I'll, I'll well, you know the... what? You guys are probably in the same boat as me where you look back and you're like, boy, I had a lot of good times, but man, I wish I would have got up early on Saturday or Sunday because yeah. look at all the shit I got done. <laughs> right. Oh, dude, 100%. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Different life, man, for sure. For sure. Um, but you guys said we were doing some kayaking. Uh, where are you guys putting in at? How you know? How far are you kayaking? Are you taking some fishing rods with you? Or how do you guys usually go about that? Definitely do a little bit of both. Uh, whitewater kayaking and then recreational kayaking slash fishing um ricky justin's brother is the big time whitewater kayaking he knows all the areas knows the rivers follows the water levels so and justin knows a lot about that as well so i can let him touch on that some more yeah like like sebastian said in our group chat whenever it's raining there's ricky popping off at 6 a.m hey let me grab a gopro this this creek or this river's it's up it's running we got to go get it. So uh, one of our recent videos was the Little Connemaw run. Um, he did it in the beginning of January. So most people, they're not whitewater kayaking in January. <laughs> most casuals, I should say. Um, right. The hardcore guys, they're in their dry suits, wetsuits, all bundled up. Um, I haven't experienced that yet, although I did get my cold weather gear. We're, we're ready. <laughs> but so the Little Connemaw, which is a great stream in the area, I mean, there used to be great fishing there. That's that's why uh, the dam was built out in Forest Hills, St. Michael Way with Carnegie and all those guys. They used to love fishing the Little Connemaw before it broke and flooded Johnstown in 1889. Um, that's coming back with uh, the acid mine drainage reclamation, which also brings recreational whitewater kayaking back. So I think that run that Ricky ran was... Uh, put in in South Fork right off of the 219 exit. They have a Path of the Flood trailhead right there by the river. Mm-hmm. Put in there and take out in Mineral Point. Um, that's one of our favorite runs. It's a good one to get uh, beginner whitewater guys out on. Um, still looking to get Sebastian out. He just bought a whitewater boat um, last summer. And that one's a good run. It has like class three uh, rapids, a couple of them. 
the highlight of the area is definitely the Stony Creek out in Johnstown. Uh, they run releases off of the Queen Mahoning Dam, I think every other weekend starting May. Uh, and it runs as long as they have water. So if, if we have a lot of water, they'll run all summer. If it's a drought, you know, it dries up pretty quick. And then that only comes in with natural water re- release. But our one video on the Stony Creek, which actually all five of us, one of the, maybe the only video that all five of us are in, um, that was taken during the Stony Creek Rendezvous, which is the big festival that the canoe club out there throws. They have a big party at Greenhouse Park in Johnstown afterwards, and it brings in thousands of kayakers. Like, you, you wouldn't believe it. I tell people, I, I drive up to the put-in or take-out of the Stony Creek on a Saturday morning. You see plates, again, from Virginia, New Jersey, New York, everywhere. You know, all the states around us, Michigan. Even, you know, you talk to people who are like, again, oh, you got the Stony Creek right in your backyard. Nice class three river. Um, definitely gets up to class four in certain water water levels, but people will love it. It's 20 minutes away. And most people that I know have, have never tried it. Um, at least try it. There's a great outfitter down, down in Johnstown, cold tubing. They tube that river. They raft that river. Those guys are awesome at promoting rec in the area. Um, and that's, that's probably one of the main highlights here. Also, Hyapal, the lower yacht down there, one of the most uh, highest commercially rafted river on the East Coast. I think they get like mm-hmm. half a million people that come paddle the, paddle the lower yacht every year. So it's an hour and a half away from us. And again, some people have never even gone to Hyapal to experience the hiking trails and the waterfall and just the beauty of what that area is, let alone raft that river that's right there. Yeah, man, you're, you're, you're informing me on something that I don't know about. I did not know that there was a heavy following in, in the Johnstown area for whitewater rafters. Um, I also don't go on the big water much. I prefer the smaller streams, but, um, it's funny though, you know, uh, we were talking about what I do for a living beforehand and I don't see a lot of guys, you know, going down the little Connemaw, but there is a lot of badass spots on there that I can think of. Um, there is, and there's a couple spots where there seems like there's some real good steel water where you could probably hang out for a little bit. Um, yeah. maybe, maybe they're dammed up portions. I just, I've never seen them up real close. Yeah. Yeah. There's that one dam on the little Connemaw that you have to portage. Um, if you do see kayakers on there, it's probably us. Um, we, <laughs> we frequent it a lot. A lot of the guys like this in the area, like to stick to the, you know, the Stony Creek and the lower yacht. Um, it also comes from knowledge. You know, I, I follow my brother. He knows the lines. Um, he's, he kind of, whenever we're on Facebook and people are asking, you know, we'll, we'll take them out on that just to give them the experience. I mean, you're, you're paddling the path of the flood. Like, yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah, it's hurting water levels. We've put in behind the Ranger Ice Cream Parlor over there in uh, St. Michael, and that's that's literally you're in where the dam was, and then you right. go under the highway, and yeah, it's it's incredible. You see the railroad bridge that you know was was dammed up during mm-hmm. that time and blew apart, and they rebuilt it. Um, yep, that was, it's incredible though. That that stream is beautiful. Yeah, like you were saying, man, my only gripe with that stream is how beautiful it really could be, though. 
you know, yes. like you said, um, you know, there's a lot of mind drainage and I shake my head, man, because like I'm, I am honestly, I'll back coal country with my heart. I will, um, you know, the coal country is Pennsylvania, but it just sucks. You know, what the, what some of the mines left behind, you know, right. Cause yeah, the streams, time, right, right. It was a very long time ago and things have come a long way. And I have a lot of friends that make their living and feed their families in the coal yeah, mines. Same. And I, I back them 100%. You know, I, I have their back all day. And my dad heats with coal, Pap. You know, most of the family, you know, heats with coal. But yeah. um, it just sucks what happened years and years and years ago because the fuck, the streams that we could have here in Pennsylvania, we already have really nice streams. But if oh. you were able to, you know, take away the sulfur out of some of our streams, goodness gracious. Like, I can think of one that just bends like a snake. And I could only imagine if it was clean water, what kind of fish it could hold. Oh, yeah. geez. It would just be really, really wonderful. And, you know, well, West Virginia, they fall under the same thing that we're looking at, too. But yep. um, it's really it's really good to hear about a lot of like the rec- reclamation projects and stuff that are going on. And I have friends that have come out of the coal mines and they are part of that uh, cleanup crew and that system. And that's that's good shit, man. That's that's something that we need to push in Pennsylvania and uh, keep the employment up for guys that want to work in the mine or in the industry. You know, we got our coal buckets. You know, we. <laughs> You guys know Route 53. I mean, that's that's cool bucket, yeah. a cool bucket Absolutely. haven. Route 219. You know what I mean? So, yep. um, we we need that shit. We employ a lot of people in our area with that, but at the same time, we need to come together and make sure that we're cleaning up everything we're leaving behind. So, yep. Um, yep. but like I was saying, you know, I, this news to me, man, I I didn't know that there was that many people that are in the area doing that. Now, the Ohio Pal, that's Pennsylvania famous, you know, with the uh, organic water slides. And uh, yes. falling water, um, the whole shebang that they have down there. And that's, yeah, I promote a lot of people. If you've never been there, goodness gracious, and you live in Pennsylvania, get down there. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, things like Kinzua Bridge, uh, just just popping things off the top of my head, like the PA Wilds, for God's sakes, like <laughs> um, the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon. That's another one. Like you, you yep. show up there and if you didn't know that was there your first time, I remember my first time there and I was like this this is Pennsylvania. Like, this is crazy. This is awesome. Right. Um, but we have things like that in this area, you know, and that's this, you know, this, I'm just, I don't want to base this podcast just off of our area in particular, but like you were saying, the South Fork Dam, like a lot of people don't even know the history of the Johnstown flood and they don't right. know the history of like, even like the Johnstown uh, liquor tax, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that are in play with Johnstown that nobody really talks about in PA, but there is, there is a, a history there. Now it's, um, you know, uh, oh, there's another murder or, or a gang related violence or whatever the heck's going on down there nowadays. But, um, yeah. hopefully they can get that stuff cleaned up too. But I do know you were talking about, um, one of the, one of the guys I work with, the, they do a tube fest or something down there. And they let them, they let them all get in and you can drink or whatever and have a good time and hoot and holler. And I wonder if, um, you were saying whoever uh, was in Johnstown there, I wonder if they helped put that on too. Yeah, it's a full tube and they, they do put that on. They, I think it's called tuba palooza. I got you. Uh, Um, it's towards the end of the summer. It might be Labor Day weekend. Um, but yeah, you see the pictures of that on Facebook and the people that come to do (laughs) that and it's the same thing again. I've, I've done cold tubing with them a couple of times and you talk to Chad who runs it down there. He'll say, you know, I get people from Pittsburgh coming to tube like, like, Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. They, they're not tubing the three rivers. They're coming out here to, to hit us up, getting out of the city, 
mm-hmm. um, trying to get into this wreck. You touched on, you know, the Johnstown and the a little bit of the blight of what it is, you know. Um, some people there are really trying to promote wreck. You know, I, I hate to say it. You know, I have friends, family, like you said, in the coal industry, the coal mines, the steel mills, you know, they're not coming back to Johnstown. I, right. I, I don't think they are. They, they would have been here by now. So take advantage of that beautiful river that's there, the inclined plain hillside, incredible downhill trails on there that'll, you know, they're adrenaline pumping. I took, took my breath away, lost my thought just thinking about them because they're, they're that steep. It's crazy. A lot of people trying to do that out there. Um, and I think that would really drive the area. Like you said, the PA Wilds, Kinzu, we went up there that we take an annual bike trip every year. Uh, we camp up in the Allegheny National Forest and bike. It's called Jake's Rocks up there. And that is, you know, when I say rel- relatively newish trail system, I think everything, you know, that race down the past 10, 12 years. Um, another incredible system up there. They're just the same thing. You talk to people and they're coming from all over. And, you know, for us, it's just a couple hour drive. So it, it's here. Yeah. The hiking trails, we have them. Um, yes. Pennsylvania, uh, like you were saying, I think we don't get enough credit for everything that we're able to give to our residents, let alone our tourists. Um, some of these places in the fall, you know, I, this is why I live here. The fall, I always laugh and say the people of Pennsylvania come alive in the fall. The heat's gone. The shitty attitudes are gone. You wave to people. They say, hi, you know, how are you doing in this state in, in the fall time? I don't, I don't know that it can be beat. I mean, I'm, I don't want to say just this state cause it's gotta be the surrounding States too, to a degree. Cause you know, you're pretty much talking about the same weather system and the same seasonal timing. But, um, as a whole, you know, it's hard to beat. Uh, we got all the trails. We got more game lands than you can ever dream of. Um, yep. I think I think that I read a thing that you cannot go. And I, I, I don't want to be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read this, that you it's hard to go more than 30 miles in Pennsylvania without hitting a tract of public land some form of some way. So there's I not many it. states that you can do that in. Yeah. Um, yep. Hopefully it stays that way. I really, I really do hope so. I do. We need that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, you're in a Sioux happy world, number one. So it's hard not to post your property and people want to leave a mess and not clean up and all that other stuff. So when you see, you know, you see trash, put it in your vest, put it in your kayak, you know, put it in your backpack or whatever, take it with you, get it out of there. And, uh, you know, the game, keep, keep PA clean as you can. If, uh, you know, you see a, couple beer cans and shit along the highway and the route that you live on or whatever get out there get it cleaned up one day get some steps in get a little exercise do what you can do your part but no yeah man it's simple try to leave it better than you found it really it's yeah and i mean to go off of social media that kind of helps with that like it promotes social media kind of gets backlash on certain things but as far as like outdoor recreation it it helps it shows people like what's available a lot of people don't know because Maybe people don't go out in public as much as they want to or whatever, but they have a social media. They could see like, Hey, we could go do this. I could go do that this weekend. Like it's a nice thing. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so Sebastian, I'd like to just do, um, 
off the top of your head and um, just something you can think of pretty quickly here. Give me one of your uh, one of your best hunting stories that you can think of. Uh, encounters, maybe kills, misses, maybe something you forgot, anything you have on the top of your head. Yeah, I mean, uh, my biggest buck to date that I've killed was when I was 13 with my rifle. So I'm going to go with this this past year 2022 story because it was just wild, man. Like doing a lot of research, getting more tactically sound with hunting whitetails with a bow. Um, obviously learning a lot from Josh and Brandon. I uh, grew up hunting with my, my dad, my brother, my uncles and everything in my pap. But especially like social media definitely helps. Like I said earlier, like I've been watching the hunting public, Seek One, Catman Outdoors, like these, all these YouTube channels to get, they, they definitely help. And like, I hope that we could do some, something like that just to promote people to get outside. But this hunting story specific is just, it was October 10th. If we're going to get in, get into some detail here, it was October 10th. I remember the exact day. Um, cameras were going off. I've, I've run cell cameras now, got like three or four of them, but this is on some private property in the, in the area here. And cameras are going off full moon. Uh, had bucks hitting the scrape line. I had a couple cameras on a scrape line running off a ridge where it drops down to a creek bottom. Um, I messaged Josh. I'm like, hey, camera going off. Cameras were going off yesterday morning and last night. We need to go like today. I've had multiple bucks hit this scrape. We need to get out there today. And he's like, I can meet you after work. And at the time I was working like a 4 a.m. the noon shift because I work at the prison. So I kind of do swing shift here and there. But um, I was able to meet him right after we met at like 3.30. And uh, had like a south, southeast wind, I believe. So it was kind of blowing up the road. We were walking down in. As soon as we got into the wood line off of a uh, cornfield, wind just shifted hard. Pulled right down to the creek bottom. It wasn't even really dark yet. But uh, the thermals were pulling. There was kind of like a pine patch, so I don't know if that colder weather, colder temperatures was pulling that air down to that direction. So we had to completely shift our game plan because uh, what the projected wind was was not exactly what it was when we got to the spot we were going to hunt. So we switch up. We get on the other side of the scrape line that we were planning on getting on, and we get set up. It's probably like 4.30 at this point, and uh, nothing's coming, nothing's coming. We're kind of just chatting which is a nice thing about hunting with a buddy a filmer and you get to share some stories some stuff but just hanging out and uh i have my cell camera go off which is about 200 yards from where i'm sitting right now and uh, a couple doe come by so we have a pretty general idea that they're going to come like right up this ridge and then maybe work their way out into the cornfield and then we see them start to come up and they head out into the cornfield and uh 15, 20 minutes goes by, and then you get another beep on my phone. It's uh, Mike Hampton, Josh. Huge buck on my camera right now. Huge <laughs> buck. Literally, like, I'm not, I'm telling you, it's like probably 200 yards from our rat. So, kind of like right there, amped up the whole, all the emotion, just freaking skyrockets. Like, you know how it is. So, we kind of already knew it was coming. It just had to take the path that it had to work the scrape line, which going off the last two days, of camera footage all these bucks are working this scrape line either in the morning or right before dark so i'm like he's gonna come right to us like literally right to us and he did man like 
if you watch the video, he came right to us, like on a freaking leash. Walked right to us. He even looked at us for like a couple little bit. And we were kind of worried that it, he busted us at that point. But, man, it's crazy. Had the yardage perfect, 30 yards. Had it ranged beforehand. Practice drawing on that specific scrape. Because <clears throat> he stopped at the scrape. He went to work the scrape if you watch the video. And, man, just dropped. When I, when I let go, he just dropped. And, I mean, bucks get that big for a reason. I imagine he was shot at before, I guess. Or he did see us when he looked at us for a, that quick second there. Yeah. But um, crazy. And the craziest thing is we thought I, I crushed him. Like, if you watch the video, we're like, yeah, like cheering, like <laughs> fist bump and everything, man. Because, like, it makes that, like, it makes that smack that you, like, I mean, if you hit bone with an arrow, that's it makes that smack. Turns out it ended up hitting a, a log that was laying on the ground behind him. And that's what the smack was. So, I mean, we watched the camera back. And, like, we could slow it down on our camera right there. And I was like, man, I just missed the biggest buck of my entire life. <laughs> so, like, went from an ultimate high where I, I just hit the biggest buck of my life to completely missing the biggest buck of my life. And then, <clears throat> so we go, we wait like 30 more minutes, we get down. And then we go over to my arrow. And there's like a little bit of blood on it. So like, I don't know if you've had this experience specifically, but like, you know, like the feeling of wounding a deer is like detrimental. It like you kills you a little bit, yep. especially if like, if you're hunting and you love animals, like it hurts, it sucks. Yep. So like went from high to low to like depressed almost. <laughs> but, uh, like I said, he, it was crazy. So we backed out like instantly. We didn't even, we didn't even search. No, there was no blood. So we just kind of backed out. Um, I called my dad cause me and my dad are super close when it comes to anything outdoors, hunting and all that stuff. That was our biggest relationship as growing up and still now, but I call him instantly. I'm like, Hey, I messed up real bad. I messed up. And he's like, ah, it'll be all right. We'll go, we'll do a check in the morning. Like maybe, maybe you clipped the top of the lung. We'll see. We'll go out. We'll go out in the morning when I get off work. He works in the morning watch. But um, I call a couple of dog guys in the meantime. And the nice thing about filming this is we actually had the footage. So I was able to pull it up on my computer on a big screen. And I could slow it down frame by frame by frame and exact see that. Like, I just clip him. Like He dropped so much, I just clipped like, above his spine. Like I'm surprised I didn't spine him, honestly. I just clipped him. And uh, I send that footage to a couple local dog guys. I think you go off of United Blood Tractors. It's a website online. And then I texted a couple of those guys and sent them the video. And they're like, deer's going to live, man. Like, you're good. Like, it sucks, but deer's going to live. So we decide not to call a dog. And then me and my dad meet in the morning. And we go out and look. And I tell you what, we walked for a good maybe two hours. And we were able to track his actual running footprints because the hillside is real soft and uh, below all those pines. You could literally track exactly where he ran. <clears throat> but um, found one drop of blood, probably, I think it was like 180 yards away. I tracked it on Onyx exactly. But, man, it sucked. It was fun, but it sucked. Like, it's, like if you watch the video, you could kind of see, like, all the emotions I go through in that period, which I don't show emotion a lot. But like you could kind of see it in that video, which is, but that's hunting. I mean, it's part of it. And 
we decided to uh, showcase that for everybody and hopefully people could learn from it. I know I like took a lot of lessons from it. Like obviously that was the, the biggest buck I've ever had a chance at. So like kind of kind of approach it a little different. I think if it does happen again, hopefully it does. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Just depends on the homework I put in really, but there is some luck to it. Definitely. But uh, that buck ended up living, uh, got pictures of him later on a neighboring property a buddy I know had him on camera. And then he ended up getting killed the last week of archery season, two neighboring properties over. So kind of know like a bunch of people that hunt the area, which is nice. So I knew he made it, survived. Like I didn't wound him enough to where it was, he wasn't going to make it. But then somebody did end up harvesting him later. In, and I'm happy for that guy. That's a great buck. I wish I would have got more pictures of the actual buck that he got, but uh, just got one picture of him. And you could tell it was him, had the exact, the antler frame set up but man that's probably the wildest hunting story i have especially for whitetail and so, i mean it wasn't it wasn't a success success but like i learned a lot from it so well and then that's what i was just going to get into you know number one you, you know the first learning curve whenever that kind of stuff happens is how do you rebound from wounding an animal because there like you said i mean it's unless you have been there it, it, it's kind of unexplainable. I really feel yep. like, you know, it's a worse feeling than whenever your girlfriend broke up with you back your freshman year, <laughs> Real. you know, it's, it's, it's probably honest to God, probably one of the worst feelings I think that I have ever, cause I, cause it's something you live with, especially when you don't know what the outcome of the animal was. Yeah. You know, I can think of hmm, too, too many, man, too many. And I, you know, I always try to be a better archer, but it, it, it has happened to me more than once. And hate to say that but it is what it is and that's hunting and i've taken shots that were very ethical and just i just didn't make it happen you know um i have changed the way that i hunt and i don't really shoot over 30 yards anymore not because i don't not because i can't i could shoot 50 yards no problem but i just don't feel comfortable ethically in the woods doing it for myself so there's things that i've changed and um you know that's that's something that i know that you're you're familiar with um, like you said, it's not that you didn't get the animal and hunting is everything you put into it. And then, yeah, like you said, there is a little bit of luck that runs into it for sure. Yeah. And I don't care who you are and yeah, you might, you know, uh, kill big deer every year or, uh, you know, lots of squirrels or rabbits or turkey, you know, whatever it is, but there, there is a stroke of luck that comes into play at some point where you do need to be in the right place at the right time. Right. Definitely. But, um, with that comes your learning experience. And that's, I mean, it's, that's why hunting and fishing and stuff is so great because it's anything that you can learn like you can with those where there's that much emotion involved. And, you know, you you literally fell on your face and you wanted more, right? You wanted to come back for more. Yeah. So it's kind of similar to like fighting and stuff like that, where that, that the adrenaline rush can't, it can't be beat. You, you, yeah. you have to have it again because it's it's something you don't forget about. But you learned and um, somebody got that deer. And the best part is it doesn't matter because there's more. You know, oh, yeah. I know a lot of guys that get really bummed. Oh, my target buck. Well, who cares? Go find another one. You know, there's we have all this public land. We have, we have lots of people in private land that will let you hunt. You know, yep. I'm not saying everybody because even me, you come ask me to hunt my land. I probably tell you no. <laughs> I mean. But at the same time, I hunt game lands just as much as anybody else because 
why, why would I, you know, focus on one deer personally? I think it's easier for me to focus on multiple, multiple deer because uh, my dad could shoot that deer I'm focusing on tomorrow or my brother. And then, you know, where does that leave me? So that's why I yeah. like to bounce around. But, you know, like, like you said, man, you, you did everything. Uh, you know, you, your dad was involved with you. Check one, man. Awesome. That's what more could you ask for? You know, your yeah. friends were involved for you. Number two, you know, check two. It brought you guys all closer together. You got a story out of it. You, you learn something for free. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, yeah. it's really a great thing. So I, I, God bless you, man. Um, you know, you, you know, you're going to bounce back this season. You'll probably get a shot at another deer. And especially now, like last year, you probably didn't have as much time because you had a baby there at home. Yeah. So, you know, you're adjusting like that's telling you, you guys before. I mean, I've had a little girl here for a year and a half and I am still adjusting. It's just something that we all need to do. You know, if, if, if we're going to make it work on both ends and luckily in my case and in your case, we have wives that will tolerate us just, you know, picking up and leaving, especially whenever the cold front comes and my wife's like, Oh, oh, you know, you're going to be on a milk carton this week, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I am. (laughs) (laughs) So Justin, I want to do the same with you, man. Let's, I need, I need a good story. I don't care if it's on a mountain bike, if you're whitewater rafting or whatever you'll be doing, Give me, give me something wild, man. Uh, or maybe give me a failure. It doesn't matter. Whatever you got on the top of your head. Something wild or a failure. Hell, we can go into just some general whitewater. I mean, every time I'm out, I'm, um, it's wild. I'm getting beat down by a river, but just take it back historically a little bit and how I got into it. Maybe a little, um, yeah, you know, my brothers, I have two older brothers, we used to camp down by Ohio Powell all the time. Mom and dad would take us to Jellystone uh, campground, which is Yogi Bear's campground down there. And we discovered Ohio Powell 15 minutes from it. Um, probably when we became teenagers, my dad took my brother's whitewater rafting. So um, they loved it so much. We ended up buying two rafts from an outfitter down in Ohio Powell. And from the time I was, in my late high school years, my older brothers were in their 20s. They were going down camping, I think, once a month uh, during the summer, taking me down whitewater rafting. And that's that's really uh, how I got into it and how I fell in love with it, how my brother Ricky fell in love with it. It's eventually, you know, graduated to whitewater kayaking. Still like to get out in the inflatable rafts here and there, but... Um, I'll share a snippet of the story that helped get Sebastian and some of my other buddies into whitewater um, as, as we graduated and we were going into college. We started doing the camping trips to Ohio Powell, um, you know, once a month. And we took my brother's rafts down and the, the last voyage of our raft was maybe Sebastian's first time down the, the river. Um, if not, definitely like one of the first three and I was captaining the raft and first wrap it in. We, we put it into the side of a rock, pinned it, filled up with water, uh, lost our balers, which were just, <laughs> uh, milk cartons that were cut in half me, Sebastian, uh, and a couple other friends, um, rapid one. So things weren't, things weren't going too well. And then rapid three, the, the raft just buckled, folded up on us. 
ejected me from the back right onto Sebastian, who was in the in the front right, took him out. Uh, five guys in the raft. One one survived that spill, um, but there was a lot of that carnage, and some for some reason we're still doing it. You know, like <laughs> I've <laughs> if it was his first time down the river, he came back for more. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. was it was fun. It was a lot of what you were talking about, the camaraderie and, you know, me with my brothers sharing that with them and then, you know, passing it on to my friends and, you know, come back full circle to our mission here of sharing it with, with everybody. You know, I got to share whitewater rafting because my brothers owned a raft and we would, we'd pile, you know, five, 10 guys go camp down Ohio pile and, and run the river on a Saturday morning. And, you know, it wouldn't have been possible if, if our, if my parents wouldn't have taken us to Ohio Powell those years. And if my dad wouldn't have dragged, dragged my brothers on the river. I was too young at the time. I think I was 10. Um, but you know, that's, that's evolved to the whitewater love of, of rafting and camping. And like I said, graduated to whitewater kayaking now, which is, it's just a whole nother animal. I mean, um, that's probably my favorite favorite tale of the whitewater is is when we retired my brother's boat was because we tipped it two times it filled up on us <laughs> two times on the first three rapids and and my brother when we took it i called him after that trip he's like yeah it's about time it buckled on me a couple times and we had to upgrade boats and, and start doing some other stuff but you know that's what it was all about we we looked forward to those weekends, you know, in our early twenties, when we were all just, we didn't have careers or full-time jobs yet. We couldn't go on vacation to wherever, you know, so we'd go down to Ohio Powell and, you know, we could afford to pitch a tent and we could, we already had the raft. So get a 30 pack of bush light and, uh, some hot dogs and mountain pies and make a great weekend out of it. And, you know, I'd still think of that trip often. And there was many, many others like that and i'm sure many more uh, river carnages to come if you look at any of our whitewater videos um if the camera snaps to me there's a good chance that i'm going under um and you're gonna see me swimming uh because because from a skill standpoint you want to watch what ricky does he he shows you a lot of good stuff and the good lines but um i think i don't know how many whitewater videos we have now but I'm definitely swimming in most of them. So and probably we'll be doing it again this summer, but I'm, I'm going to do it. He'll be swimming in the, in a whitewater. He's uh he hasn't had his whitewater boat out on a proper uh, river trip yet. So uh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Maybe not for him, but it'll be a learning experience. <laughs> I mean, I've swam before, so I kind of understand that. But like I said, he, he told the story about the first time I was ever on a whitewater river so i mean you kind of get the feel so i wouldn't suggest doing it alone make sure you're with some friends that have some experience so that's the only reason i went is because these guys already knew what they were doing but yeah now it's like it's fun it's enjoyable that's why i bought a white a hard boat so i know i'm going to swim some more just just got to keep practicing man yeah get after it learning process but yeah i I, that's that's definitely my favorite favorite rafting story for sure from growing up that reminds me of the first time that my friends ever took me out snowboarding and um 
They didn't tell me I'd come back with a totally black and blue chin and a black and blue ass. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. As with anything, it's like, oh, I can do it, you know? And then, mm-hmm. like, phew, reality hits you quick. But does, get man. back up and try it again, I guess, right? Well, here's a good question then. You know, I you, you hit it perfect because there's a lot of young guys and girls um, – they probably don't have no money. They're graduating high school or maybe they're still in high school or they're getting into college. Um, that, you know, that age, uh, that 16 to, you know, 16, 17 to 23, 24, maybe, you know, th- th- that's kind of like that freedom, that freedom age, maybe 25. Yeah. Um, yep. What, you know, how, how would they go about getting started as far as doing some whitewater rafting? What, you know, where would you steer them? And then also do a little bit of like if they were looking to get into like the mountain biking game, kind of where do you think that they should start and where would you steer them in that direction? Sure, absolutely. Um, Well, first, like Sebastian said, go with somebody that you know, um, either that you know or get a guide. Um, Shout out Cold Tubing again in Johnstown. They're the only outfitter that um, rafts the Stony Creek. So they'll take you on guided tours rafting they have inflatable kayaks they call them duckies i'd start there and also check out ohio pile they have three i think three outfitters down there and they guide that i mean they might be guiding every day of the week down there so start there with a with a rafting tour and and i think the natural progression for most people in the whitewater scene are that they started rafting and then you know they graduated to smaller crafts, whether it be a shredder, which is like a two person inflatable side by side, um, kind of like a raft, just don't got to rely on as many people. And then ultimately inflatable kayaks, because that's where our progression took us was from rafts. And then we were renting shredders and duckies is what the inflatable kayaks are. And now, you know, full, full in on the, uh, on the hard boat. If they're insistent on hard boats, there is uh, some companies out of Ohio Power Confluence. I think River Sport is down there. They do beginner clinics for hard boaters. Uh, the Ben's Creek Canoe and Kayak Club out of Johnstown, they're the ones that help with the Stony Creek. I believe they help raise the funding uh, to get the, the valve put in the dam of the Queen Mahoning so that that river can get its releases. They do um beginner clinics i think they do roll sessions so you can learn your whitewater roll whenever you flip flip up you got to get back up they do those in the winter time um and i think even they are, are partnering with some local school districts i think mainly greater johnstown at this time because that's right in their their area but they're they're going in there and getting those kids out and trying to get them started in the whitewater scene. So Ben's Kirk Canoe and Kayak Club, shout out them in the Johnstown area. Uh, Mike Cook, he was the vice president or president there. I'm not sure what his title is now, but he's an, he's an awesome guy that, that runs that. And, you know, the outfitters. I bet if you go into Cold Tube and ask Chad who owns that um, for any advice or, or to get on a boat with them, same thing. They, they want people into this. They – it's good for the area to have these people. So that'd be the kayaking portion for sure. Um, as far as mountain biking goes, um, there is a youth mountain bike team out of Johnstown. I believe they're called the Johnstown Ridgebacks. And they uh, 
I don't know much about them. I know that they meet at Highland Park, which is over in Richland. It's where Johnstown BMX has their course at. Um, and, and they're doing the same thing. It's a group of, I think, Lorba, the Laura Highlands Bike Association that I mentioned earlier. I think they've helped out with the Ridgebacks, which is getting these youth into it. Um, this is a little bit more expensive of, of a hobby. If you talk to local bike shops, you shouted out Spokes and Skis. You know, Johnstown has Fat Jimmies. They have Hope Cyclery. I'm probably missing one or two more. Bedford has Fat Jimmies. Some of these bike shops let you demo a bike. You rent it for 50 bucks. Take it up to Blue Knob. Take it out to Racetown. Take it up to the Queen Mahoning. Um, see if you like it. That's that's part of it. And even reach out for questions to us. I can steer you in the direction of the of the bike trails that are going to be easier or harder. Um, join the biking association pages on Facebook. You know, I've, I've mentioned Lorba again. He mentioned Blue Knobs Mountain Bike Festival. There's a there's a page on Facebook called Blue Knob Mountain Bike Association. It's all the same. It's people trying to get you know youth or not even youth, just anybody into into the sport. And um, you know, regular they have regular meetups. So a lot of the local groups do that, whether it be at in Johnstown over at Highland Park or. You know, we've talked about spokes and skis. I know those guys meet up at Blue Knob regularly. I think, you know, Wednesdays or Thursday nights, they're always riding up there behind the golf course. Same thing, horseshoe curve. So you walk into the bike shop and, you know, show interest. Most of these guys are friendly and they want the, the sport to take off more and they'll offer to, hey, come on out, meet us here. And, and yeah, we'll we'll show you the ropes. So. Our, our Allegheny Origins DMs are always open for questions. I get people adding me, even my personal page. Hey, what's you know? Where should I hike? Where should I bike? Where should I do whatever? Um, I had a guy on Facebook asking the other day if he can if he can safely kayak from Lily to Johnstown on the Little Connemaw, and I you know jumped in and messaged him and had to let him know no he can't. There's some uh, crazy rapids there, but. Uh, you know, steered him in the right direction and threw him a video to, to check out as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are, like I said, available for that kind of stuff. And the, um, the, I guess the hand holding or the trailblazing that you guys are doing as an organization that is Allegheny origins and being able to kind of blaze a trail or say, Hey, take my hand. We're going to reach out to you if you guys want to see some cool shit that you don't really know is in the area or you know is in the area, but you're like, hey, I don't know how to get into this, you know, because it, it amazes me um, how many people don't hunt, how many people don't fish, how many people may not ride bikes in the woods, roads, whatever, people that don't even think about putting into a stream, let alone, you know, you know, rivers, uh, even paddle out on a lake. Um, they just, they, they, it's not stuff to really know about, you know, I, I couldn't tell you how many people ask me like, Hey, where could we go and just picnic for the day? Right. Just to be outside. And some of the, uh, pavilions and just public areas that are in some of these places, they're beautiful, you know, big, nice brick covered places, uh, with stone fireplaces and, and such, you know, they're, they're great. They're just really cool. And they got, you know, the girls built in right beside them and all that stuff. Or, 
you know, I know one thing that we like to do when we're fishing is just find a good spot, post up and, you know, try to cook some of the fish we catch or, you know, you take stuff to cook or whatever, but you're just able to hang out and just do something a little bit different. Um, but it's nice to have people that are doing that stuff. And like I said, for some reason, people like to be led, you know, they need it. They need a push or they need a hand to hold. And I think what you guys are doing with the Allegheny origins page and, um, being able to have people reach out to you and ask questions like that, that really is what, you know, is bringing you guys value and it's bringing everybody else value at the same time. So definitely, definitely thank you guys for doing that for the state of Pennsylvania. You know, you guys are really putting PA on your back and uh, don't be surprised if you get some people reaching out to you from the state of Pennsylvania that want to get more involved with you. But um, I want to just go over like Allegheny Origins. What's the future of it? Do you guys kind of have anything figured out? Just see where it's going to go? Or is there something you guys would like to to do, you know, next? I'd say I just keep creating content showing what's showcasing what's available like we were talking about some of the more higher skill level activities maybe like mountain biking and white water but we definitely want to get into more some of the rail trails uh slow water kayaking like we could rent a boat at the wellmore dam here and rent a kayak and go chill for three hours and get some sun if that's all you want to do if you just want to get a tan i mean if something intimidates you, you could start at the lowest level and progress. And we're hopefully, hopefully we could showcase that some more as well. I know we're doing a lot of mountain biking and whitewater stuff, but hopefully we could showcase every level, uh, get a lot of people interested and show them what's available. I know that's a big thing is just keep creating more content. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, I think the more accessible content, I know when we, first started talking about the group like we wanted to push hiking a lot um because you know everybody has a pair of shoes or whatever that they can throw on and go hiking you know you don't have the the expensive bike or the the expensive bow fishing rod whatever you hiking is accessible um and then just highlighting certain parks or things like that like he said wilmore dam just maybe showing some of that we got a drone we can drone show some sweet shots of of that um you know you said the picnic areas how many you know glendale and blue knob state park and shawnee state park these are all beautiful areas to just even if you're not hiking you know the first step is just getting out there in it maybe some people are intimidated about it um you know go to the state park and have a picnic and then hike the trail the next time you go to the right. the state park and then hike the hard trail the next time you go to the state park I think just getting into it, um, I think that's the big part of it. Um, so showcasing that, the accessible things, as well as some historical things. I did do a video on the Staple Bend Tunnel, which has some deep history in it. And I did a lot of talking over it about, you know, what what they were doing at the tunnel, you know, the historical aspects of it. You'll see that in some of our videos. Um, I don't think we have too many where I did that at, but it's been received well, you know, people like to hear about, you know, I, there's probably people listening that don't, don't even know what Staple Bend is. It's 15 minutes away. It was the first railroad trail ever, ever cut in the world. Maybe my facts are uh, a little rusty right now, but it's definitely like one of the first railroad tunnels cut um, in the, in America. So it's right there. They, they, you know, we want to showcase that. Um, 
then just a lot of stuff we didn't get to last year. I mean, we had touched on it. Uh, creating content is probably more work than what I had anticipated and probably the rest of the group <laughs> I mean, between cutting and, and getting out, getting out the easy part, strapping a camera on and going and doing it. But, you know, I, I can think the things that we had planned that we didn't get to showcase. I mean, we've, we've shouted out uh, the race town, Allegrippus trails. I don't have a video up for it yet. So, um, you know, getting back to those areas, keep pushing content. We got a web page launching hopefully this this uh, year. Uh, it's just gonna be a blog kind of highlighting you know the the videos and maybe telling the story there instead of you know dubbing audio over it, but having a little tie in that way and um, you know just just boosting our presence a little bit just just ready for uh, we didn't have a good snow season so we didn't get to showcase blue knob. Uh, snowboarding at all, but we're ready for this weather to break finally and, and get back out and hike, bike. You know, you guys mentioned turkey season's coming. I know these guys are already they're itching for it, so um, we're ready to get out there and just keep keep progressing and see what happens. Really, just the main the main goal is spreading the word. Um, you know, YouTube fame, people chase it. Maybe it'll come someday. Who knows that was never the goal, you know, chasing millions of dollars and subscribers. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. I'd love to get <laughs> right. sponsored a bike thrown at us or whatever and do it. But, um, mm -hmm. the, the goal is education. So, um, we're going to keep educating. Well, guys, like I said, I am really happy to have you guys in the state of Pennsylvania and be able to push everything that you're pushing. I really believe in, in, uh, and what you guys' uh, moral obligation is for the Allegheny Origins. And uh, I really hope you guys continue to be able to do it. I'm glad that there's more than one of you involved within it because it takes a lot. I know from the content creator side, I know what kind of time goes into it too. So when kind of like a next man up type thing, hey, I'm tired, you can take over or finish this or do that. Um, before we go and wrap this up here, let everybody know where they can find the Allegheny Origins and check out you guys' content. I mean, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, uh, Twitter, too, as well. It's just at Allegheny Origins, man. Uh, reach out with any questions. We'll gladly answer. Uh, that's part of the job here. I mean, I don't even look at it as a job. This is actually really enjoyable. It's fun. Yeah. Um, I didn't know how much I would love the uh, post-production side of it, but it's actually something i'm really enjoying yeah. i did do some self-filming like when in my younger days but i never really got into the post-production and now that's that's a big part of it and i'm continuing to strive to get better at that to put out good content to people and then i mean if you have a if people have questions about certain areas or want us to do videos on certain things reach out i mean what out to the list and like, like you said we we love pennsylvania and love the area but we're we're heading out different states we got some videos coming up of so yep. trips here that we took uh, out of state. So stay nice. tuned for those. Maybe give you some ideas to take a little, do a little travel with the family or whatever. Yeah. Yep. That's a great idea. There's a lot out there and there's a lot of really, really nice things um, in our surrounding areas, not just our state. But um, with that being said, guys, I really appreciate you guys coming through. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation with you guys. And 
for all the listeners out there, just like the guys said, if you guys have any questions about anything that we went over or anything that we talked about in this episode, don't feel free or feel free to reach out to me and don't be afraid to reach out to them uh, on anything you guys may need help with or anything that you need uh, kind of steered in the right direction with. So I thank you guys so much for uh, for being guests on the show and we'll be catching up with you probably later in the year. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Thank you, guys. Yeah, you guys have a good night. All right, you too, man. Too, man. That wraps it up for another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. And like DJ Khaled says, another one. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me or Allegheny Origins over at their page. Please subscribe, like, comment, come back for more. We'll be here. Thank you. God bless.